Welcome to the Guiding Principles Podcast, which focuses on the work of visionary educational leaders in an effort to leave all listeners inspired and imparting upon them fresh new ideas and strategies as they continue to build their own leadership toolbox. It is my hope that this show allows us to connect and grow our educational leadership community. Now let's get to this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of the Guiding Principles Podcast. I am your host, Rob Breyer. Now today, I want to take a quick second to say Happy Mother's Day to all those amazing moms out there who are listening to this show. I am blessed to have such an amazing mom, and I'm also blessed to have an amazing wife who is the mother to my four children. So I want to make sure that you all have a very special day. Now today, we are going to be talking to another incredible mother by the name of Lindsay Titus. I'm telling you folks, this woman is absolutely amazing. She's an amazing mom, an amazing educator, and she is an amazing edupreneur. Lindsay Titus is a passionate, influential educator specializing in the field of behavior analysis. She's driven every single day to teach other educators how to redefine what success looks like for the students we work with every day. Her ultimate goal as a behavior specialist is to inspire other educators to recognize that all students have a story to share. With experience as a classroom teacher and her current role as a K-12 behavior specialist, Lindsay also has experience working in residential and private settings. Lindsay shares her passion through her experience to guide, motivate, and encourage other educators to do the same to use her own personal stories to create connections and relationships with others. In addition to being a board-certified behavior analyst with a master's in special education, Lindsay's also an educational coach, working with educators from across the country through Define University. Through these various roles she serves, Lindsay works every day to share simple yet strategic tools and strategies with educators so that they can feel confident in who they are as educators and strengthen their connections with their students every single day. Folks, I'm telling you, Lindsay, every time I, I get to talk to her, it's just, she's an inspiration. Like she just, she knows what she's doing. She is phenomenal. And if you need a person to talk to and run through ideas with, Lindsay is the person to connect with. So right now I want you to kick back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Lindsay, so thank you so much for taking time to be on the Guiding Principles podcast. Like, we're really, truly excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Well, you are just doing so many amazing things. You are just like a wealth of knowledge, and you are truly an inspiration. And I think I've told you before, like, you inspire me. I love seeing your social media posts. I love the stuff that you're doing. And I just think you are just going to be such an amazing guest. I'm excited to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, I love... You know, I love being able to share my story. I think as educators, when we take the time to know our story and understand our story and then share our story, that's truly where connections are made. It's where relationships are strengthened. And, you know, I believe there's so much talk right nowadays about relationships and connection, but I think it can be really easy to lose sight of that within ourselves. And so, you know, part of my goal in posting and sharing my story is that is that educators or anybody reading it remembers that you know, who you are is so, is so valuable and it's so important. And so, and I always love to know that it's, you know, it's getting out there and that people, you know, are continue to be inspired by it. Cause that's really, really my goal of it. 
Well, and it's funny you talk about your story because you have a very unique and a very interesting story. So can you kind of talk to us about how did you get into education and how did you end up where you are now? Absolutely, I do. I love to say I have a really unconventional route through education that starts out being I thought I wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> um, and, and so in second grade, my family moved from Canada to Buffalo, New York. So not that far of a move. It was only about a two hour move, but very different in that I was coming from, you know, a different country. And so second grade was that year that I, I, I hid. I wanted to hide. I wanted to be quiet. Uh, kids made fun of the way I talked. Um, I didn't really understand, you know, what's this Pledge of Allegiance? Why don't we take French? Like all these things I just didn't understand. And my second grade teacher, Miss Egan, she welcomed me with, with two huge arms. Like she just made me feel so welcome. And it was from that year that I said, that's it. I want to do that. I want to be a teacher. And so that was really my focus through middle school and high school. I did coaching. I did anything that I could to uh, work with kids to really learn and grow. Uh, I was a swim coach from the time I was 12. And so that was just always a part of me. Went to school for it, you know, went to college for teaching, didn't think twice. I did my student teaching. I was all gung-ho. And then I got my own classroom and things kind of shifted. And I kind of realized I don't love this as much as I thought I would. And I had these moments of, oh my, what do I do now? Like this wasn't just the last four years. This was like my whole life I felt like had kind of like crumbled. And so I pushed through, you know, I said, well, th there's a reason I'm here. Let's, I'm just gonna put my head down. I'm gonna do the best that I can. Well, about three years into teaching, I was a self-contained kindergarten through second grade uh, special education teacher. About three years in, I, I remember going home thinking, I'm not that excited about the content. I'm not that excited about, you know, the math or, you know, teaching numbers, but what I'm excited about is behavior. I'm excited about why are the kids doing this? Why do they react this way? What else can I do? And I quickly realized, even though at that point I had a master's in special education, I knew nothing about behavior. So I went back to school and I became a board certified behavior analyst. That then opened up the door for me. That was like my moment of this is what I'm meant to do. And I'm really grateful that I was able to know that, you know, my role as a teacher in a classroom, while that wasn't the goal, it still was very much within education. Um, and the last 10 years, I have spent in a variety of roles within that behavior specialist, behavior consultation uh, realm. I've worked for a non-for-profit. I worked for a residential center. I've done in-home ABA therapy, and I'm now uh, in year three of my uh, working back at a public school as a behavior specialist where I work across uh, 10 different buildings, K-12, all the things. <laughs> well, and it's really incredible because this journey has also led you into your own entrepreneurship type of business. And so I'd love to hear more about that and have you talk to the audience about the work you're now doing with Define You. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it, it goes back to that story, right? So I believe that once we've experienced something, once we've learned through something, we get to teach something, we get to teach it. And I realized at about year 10 in education, I was at that, that quote unquote burnout zone. I had lost all sight of who I was. I had no idea where my passion lies. I just knew 
I knew what I was good at, and, and that was teaching. I, I shine when I'm teaching, and yet, but I lost all sight of myself. So what did that look like? That looked like I was waking up, checking emails, sending emails, prepping materials, doing all the things. I would swing by the store after school to pick up more things. I would be making materials and doing all the things all night. And I lost sight of me. And I had, we had just started a family at that point. So I have an amazing husband. We now have, she, well, now she's almost seven, but so growing up, right? I have a, we have an amazing daughter and I just lost sight of everything. And I remember looking at my husband one day, I said, I can't keep doing this. Um, this isn't working. I need, something's got to change. And I remember saying, there's got to be an easier way. And I believe in signs. I believe in symbols. And lo and behold, I had hopped on social media that night and I found uh, a coach that who, whose post just happened to come up on my feed and her tagline was, it gets to be easy. <laughs> and I said, okay, universe, I, I get it. Okay. What do you got for me? And I connected with her, her name's Marley, and I went on my own self journey. I went on this journey of figuring out these limiting beliefs that I was holding from childhood, these stories that I had told myself about what I was capable of, capable of and actually what I wasn't capable of. Um, I didn't have that inner confidence that I wanted. Well, I went on a journey. I took the steps, I did the inner work, I did the pieces that I knew to do through coaching to define who I was. And after I had done that for about two years, I started having people reach out and say, what are you doing? And it was mostly family members or friends that had seen this transformation. They're like, you, you don't like, you're not, you don't look stressed anymore. Like you're not overwhelmed. Like where, where's that Lindsay? Like what happened? And I said, well, I would love to share with you. And so that started, I ran a course. I even have a business yet. I just, I'm like, I'll offer it. Like you want to come and people came, you know, 10 people showed up and I was like, okay, maybe this is a thing. And really every month since then, which we're coming on two years now in July, I just keep sharing. I keep sharing what has, what has changed my life. And my whole goal is to help educators fall back in love with being in the classroom. And, and that's really, that was really it for me. I had to find my why, I had to find my value and my standards, because I do believe you get to have both. I get to believe you get to love your life inside the classroom and outside of the classroom, that it is possible. And, and that's really my goal is to help educators define who they are from the inside out not from the outside in, which is generally how we define ourselves as educators because so many voices come into the mix. And so I, I coach, I speak, um, and really just help educators define who they are so they can stand strong in the classroom or the school that they're in. And I love it. And I mean, and I don't know about you. I mean, I know you have a seven-year-old. So like I have a 12-year-old, I have an eight-year-old and two five-year-olds. And honestly, like I think the thing for me is like, I love being a dad. I love being with my children, but there are days that I'm here and dealing with typical administration, children issues and teacher issues. I go home and I'm burned out and I beat myself up a lot because I feel like I'm not giving my kids everything I can. And that bothers me. And so what advice do you have for people who are struggling with those type of issues of being parents and educators? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I was there too. You know, I, I was absolutely there too. And I think for me, it was because of, you know, to go back to the word define, it's how I was defining what a quote unquote, you know, great mom or great educator was. And I was defining it by 
giving all that I have, no matter what, all the time I'm all in. But, and that's the, that's the issue I have with the word balance, right? Is that we all have more than two roles. So when I think balance, I think looking for even amounts of time. Well, that's, I, I could name off 12 roles that I do on any given day. And so when I stopped defining my time to be balanced and switched to the blended lifestyle, it all came into, it all came into play for me. And so I think, you know, a lot of people, I will say that and they'll be like, what's the strategy? Like the strategies change the language, right? The strategy is don't look for balance, like pay attention to the words you're speaking. Because if you're using things like I have to, I need to, or I should, those are, those are limiting beliefs. Those are your beliefs that, you know, you're not doing all that you can do. Whereas I've changed it, my language to, I get to, I choose to, I love to. And I've redefined what it is that like, to me, when I picture a great mom, it's not somebody with my, it's not me with my daughter 24 seven, because in all honesty, my mom did that for me and I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. You know, I had that parent that was like one step ahead to make sure I didn't make mistakes or to make sure I didn't fail. But I kept, I remember distinctly, I tell my mom, mom, I want to fail. Like I want to make a mistake because I don't know what that's like. And so going into being a mom, now it's, of course, I don't, I don't want that. Like it breaks my, my heart, you know, breaks my mama heart when, when something happens that Kaylee like is struggling with, but I also know it's so great for her. So I look at it. Yes. I could look at it that when I'm in my office working and she's, you know, playing or doing whatever in her room or in the family room. Yeah. I'm not with her. Or I could look at it that she's seeing me pour into my passion and she's seeing me, you know, connect with educators and help other people. And nine times out of 10, she's right here with me in my office. She has her own desk. And so when I'm doing my thing, she's doing her thing too. And so I think it's the, it's without sounding cliche, it really is the mindset we hold, but recognizing, I think above all else, it is possible. If you don't have the belief that it's possible, then you're going to find barriers every step of the way. You know, it's funny because um, being a school leader, like one of the things that like when I started this position, I put a lot of boundaries in place. And for me, boundaries are a big driving force behind the work I do because I am a dad first and I'm a principal second. And so I have very firm boundaries and like they have to be somewhat flexible because of the type of job I'm in. But it is important. I think it's finding and I agree with you. It's not about balance. Because I put eight hours in here, I go home and I put six, eight hours in, and I never feel accomplished in either one. But it's finding how do I get to do all these different things? Because somebody just said to me, like, Rob, how are you a father of four, a school principal, and then you also are a published author and a podcast host? And I'm like, but I find those times and like my life adjusts and I adapt to my surroundings. Like my children still get the most from me. My job still gets everything I have to offer for that. But I make time during other times, like down times, like nap time. Nap time is a huge time for me where I sit down and record or I will write. But it's finding those different times within the day. And it's a lot about time management. It's not, and I love your philosophy on it. It's not about balance. It's about that mindset, figuring out what it is you're going to do and how you're going to push through. So, you know, for those listening, like, like I said, and you're probably already in awe, like I was the first time I met Lindsay, like she is absolutely amazing. And so Lindsay, you can get up with her because she's on the Teach Better Speakers Network. So if you want to have Lindsay come out and she can speak to you, you can get a hold of Lindsay directly 
or you can contact Teach Better and they will set you up with her as a speaker. But then you also have a big day coming up. You have a new event coming up and it's uh, the Conference Day of Discovery. Yeah, Day of Discovery. How cool is that? So can you kind of tell the listeners a little bit about that and how they can get involved with that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I love, I love community, right? I love bringing people together. I think as educators, it's something I didn't tie into or tap into nearly enough in the beginning of my career. I thought, you know, I can do this. I'll figure it out. I've got this. And, and I did, but I also felt really alone. <laughs> I felt really isolated and I felt like nobody understood, especially because I'm the only educator in my family, you know? And so nobody even in my family understood what I was going through. And it was really hard. You know, it's really hard to describe some days, right? Those days, it's like, educators get it. I can be like, it was that day guys and people get it. But like at home, my husband's like, okay, it was a day, right? There's just, there isn't that. So, you know, I, I love bringing different events, different opportunities to educators to again, define who they are. And so a few months ago, I had this idea. I said, what if instead of making it a course, instead of making it week after week, it's a one day event. It's we come together and the word discover kept coming to my mind. And I was like, that's it. We're gonna discover who we are personally and professionally. So this day is gonna be on Saturday, June 12th. It's, it is virtual, because that's the land we are in at this point in time. Um, but it is, it is a day to discover who you are. And so there are two amazing keynote speakers, and then there are five breakout sessions. And the breakout sessions, you get to choose. One has a focus on personal growth, and one has a focus on professional growth. So you could do a whole day of personal, you could do a whole day of professional, you could go back and forth throughout, um, but it's really about discovering new ways to either connect with yourself or to further connect with your students or your staff. Um, because I really believe any educator, you know, whatever level you are at within a school or a district, you will find something to take away from this event um, to help you just get re-energized, re re you know, reignite your true passion for what it is you do as an educator. That's really cool. So if people want to get involved and be a part of the day discovery, how do they do that? Yeah, so you can go right to my website, which is defineuniversity.com, and that's university with Y-O-U. Um, so if you go right to Define University, right there on the front, uh, you'll see all the information, and you can register right there for the event. Um, and if you have any questions at all, my contact info is all on my website as well. Wonderful. And so I highly recommend you get a hold of Lindsay and you definitely check this out because it's going to think it's going to be really amazing. And I love the fact that you have two choices. You can go personal or professional or you can do a combination of both. I mean, it really opens up a lot. And, you know, just knowing what the work you've done so far, it's going to be an amazing event. So I highly recommend it to all my listeners out there. Lindsay, I want to kind of dive back into the leadership role a little bit because one of the things that you talked about in the pre-show that I thought was really interesting was your use of questions and how you use it and how, I mean, really that whole idea of coaching, you know, I believe a lot of leadership roles are directly related to the whole coaching world. So how do you use questioning to drive your leadership or your coaching? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, again, and I, and I put this out there, it is not something I've done since the beginning. I learned this, I say the hard way, uh, because I never found, I never realized the value in questions. Instead, I would, I found value in compliance. Sure, I'll do that. Yeah, I got that for you. Yeah, I've got a resource. Here you go. And I would be the one walking away from every meeting with like a to-do list a mile long. And I'm like, what, how is this happening? How does this happen every single time? And uh, I have a great supervisor now, and she, she's the one that really pointed it out. She goes, do you realize you don't ever say no? 
and you don't ask questions. And I go, what do you mean? And she said, they say something and you say yes. I'm like, you're so right. And I, and so we, we went through that. And so I really realized I needed to, to do you know, a better job of understanding how can I use questions better. Uh, so one of my favorite resources is The Coaching Habit by Michael Bungay Steiner. Um, and it really breaks down seven of the most effective questions to ask. Uh, they're super simple, but what it helped me do was stay present in conversations so that I wasn't making assumptions and I wasn't just saying, well, this is what I would do. And I, I could fall into his second book, naturally it's called the advice trap, <laughs> which is then what I would do, like giving my advice. And, you know, my goal as a leader and as a coach is not to do for you. It's to, it's to help you see the path for you. And I think when that started to shift for me was, you know, that, that was the most important part that I don't want someone to tell me just what to do. I don't want someone to say, here you go. As a student, I didn't want that. As a teacher, I don't want that. So, but yet that's really what I was doing to other people. I was just telling them what to do. And so I started, my two favorite phrases are I notice and I wonder. And so those are really how I open up conversation through questioning. So, and I really try to use questions that don't relate to a yes, no answer, um, but that really evoke conversation. So one that I posted about the other day was instead of asking, you know, do I have a relationship with this student or do you have a relationship with this student? It's really easy to say yes, because we do, right? If they're in our class, we're going to say yes. And I think as a leader, you could do the same thing. Do I have a relationship with that staff member? Yes or no? Okay, it's a pretty easy answer. But what if we switch the question to how have I strengthened that my relationship with that person today? So now it's action oriented. Now it's something that I'm, I'm asking them, like, how have you strengthened your relationship with the student over the last week? And I use that as an example, because as a behavior specialist, a lot of what I do comes back to that connection and relationship piece. But I realized by asking different questions, I was getting better answers. I was getting more conversation. So I think it's one, understanding the value of questions in general, but two, then realize, ask a question and kind of analyze the response you get. Are you getting one to two word answers? Maybe, maybe go into a how question or a tell me more about that. What does that look like, sound like, feel like? And really evoke that like describing factor because I think that's when we're gonna be able to connect more with whoever it is we're talking, talking with. Hey everybody, it's Rob, and I just want to jump in the middle of this this amazing, amazing interview today and just kind of connect with you and let you know that if you are an aspiring school leader or you are an, a current AP who's looking to take that next step to the principalship or a principal who's looking to take that next step up into central office, or maybe you have a group of aspiring leaders in your school, check out my latest book. It's called Taking the Leap, a field guide for aspiring school leaders. I am telling you, this book will help you take that next step and get the position that you want. Check it out today on Amazon. Let me know what your thoughts are by leaving me a rating and review. I can't wait to hear your feedback. Now, let's get back to today's episode. That's fantastic. And like, and so it's really funny you talk about that because I use a lot of that strategies when I'm doing observations and post-observation conferences and talking with teachers like because there's yes no answers like do you feel the kids were engaged well yes okay well how talk to me about how you know that they were engaged and then how did you know the ones who weren't and that they needed your extra attention it's really kind of digging have, allowing them to kind of dig deep into their own thinking 
rather than me leading them to the water, like I'm allowing them to kind of give me the feedback. And because I want them to have that personal introspection, that reflection time to say, you know what, you know, you probably didn't see the best right now because I was stuck doing this when really these students needed my full attention, but I wasn't able to. I love when they have that aha moment of like, oh, okay, I could have tried this or that. And they give the answers because, you know, for me, I believe very strongly that teachers are a wealth of knowledge. And just because I have a title of principal doesn't mean I know everything there is to know about teaching or everything there is to know about running a school. These teachers are amazing. They all, we all went through the same training. So like, I'm very big on supporting, very big into empowering my teachers. They can make decisions and they can do amazing things. You just have to help sometimes provide them that model for teachers how to reflect, how to think through things and how to, because it's not a natural process. Um, and like you said, it took me years to learn this. Like, it's not something I just was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna start doing this. Like, it takes a lot of trial and error. And I think the longer you do something, the better you get at it, so. But I just think it's a really cool philosophy. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, the more that, and, and to me, it's the, it's the ripple effect in action, right? I don't ever want people to be dependent on me. I don't want them to be like, I need Lindsay to know what I'm doing. Like, I mean, I, you know, part of me loves that. Like, okay, yeah, that's amazing. But the other part of me is like, no, I want you to see that for yourself because you, you're, we're all capable. Like, yes, my title is board certified behavior analyst because I went to school specifically for that. But that doesn't mean that you as the teacher that, that knows this kid inside and out can't learn it too and can't use it. And so my goal is to teach, is to help them see, is to model, and also to, to really let them know that they are capable of doing it, that they have that inner, inner confidence in who they are as educators. And, you know, I think it's so, it's so important. You know, I'm in my, in my administrative internship right now, and it's something that keeps coming up in class after class after class is how do we use the knowledge we have? But I love, I love the word empower, right? But empower other people to take that step. And I use a light analogy a lot, like shine the light. And so for me, I'm, and I do it with students too. I'm not going to create your path for you. Only you can do that. But as, as a leader, as your teacher, as whatever role you want to put, I can shine the light and I can make the light really narrow and show you like, here's the first step to take, but I can also show you a really wide, uh, really wide light of here's what's possible for you. And, and when I started thinking that way, then it wasn't doing for or doing two, it's doing with and side by side so that eventually I can start fading back and they can start leading themselves, their class, their school, you know, whoever it is they're leading. And it, and it, and then it fully empowers me as a coach to be able to to provide that to somebody else. It's so interesting that you, that that because I do know that you do talk about that. And I never put two and two together until just now, because the guiding principles, our symbol is the the lighthouse, because we're constantly illuminating the path for people on their leadership journey. Like that's what it's all about. It is helping people see the light and be able to see the path because it's not always clear. You don't always know where you're headed, and I even put something out there today on social media, like you and I can be walking the same exact path, but our journey is going to look different because different obstacles are going to throw us different ways. And it's that mindset that we have and how we approach adversity that's going to allow us to learn different lessons along that, that path. So I love hearing that you're going on your leadership journey and that you are doing your administrative internship. And so being that this is a leadership-based show, what is the number one lesson you've learned so far about leadership? 
Oh my goodness, I've learned so many. <laughs> it's a loaded question, I won't lie to you. I know, that is a loaded question. Um, let me think. So I think the thing that I have learned, honestly, the most, and I, and I will say on a, on a knowledge base, I knew this, but the, on an implementation stage, like, oh, I've learned it and it's, and it goes back to connection, but it is truly understanding the value that every member of the school building district has. Um, again, I knew it on a surface level. And, but I know it now on an implementation level. So I have recently, I've started doing um, CPSE meetings for our three to four, three to four year old preschool program. And I, I mean, I am relying on, you know, parents and outside providers and, you know, the, the secretary that's been helping me and my supervisor who's been guiding me and really being able to be, you know, articulate, artic articulating with them what it is I need, but making sure that I, you know, I'm thanking them and that I'm, I'm grateful for them and that it's, it truly is a team effort that it's, I might be running the meeting, but oh, I'm only running the meeting because of all the work that went into it and being able to see all the work that goes into it has truly been like that eye opening, like, whoa, I, I again, I knew on the surface level, but I have a much greater appreciation for, for collaboration, teamwork. And to me, it anchors to trust, right? Being able to trust one another, I think has been so important. And I, I love that. And that's a really good point because and when you're leading a school, I mean, everybody, and like, you don't think about like the impact that the cafeteria workers have on your kids and the relationships that they build with them and the conversations that they're having. And it's amazing. Like, my my cafeteria worker in the morning she'll call and be like hey rob listen so and so just came through the line they seem to be having a rough day i couldn't fully get out of them what was going on but i think they need some attention that alerts me immediately so that i'm going down there i'm talking to teacher get the counselor whatever we need to help that child but everybody plays a role um i have a custodian who is absolutely phenomenal at working with kids who are just struggling that day and they're having a hard time connecting with their teacher and he will sit and pull them. He will read with them. He will talk with them. And these kids absolutely love him. Like he is like a role model in my school. These kids just idolize. And so it's important to just because you have the title of this or that, you directly impact the learning that's happening in the school. You go and help each and every child and you are helping shape their destiny, their future, with just the work you're doing. So I, I think it's just so important to make sure that we're celebrating everybody in our school. Um, that was something that like when I started here, like we don't do just the traditional teacher appreciation. Now I don't do every week where there's a different event, but we have staff appreciation because it's everybody in my school. Everybody gets gifts. Everybody gets celebrated this week because we're a team. We're, we, we're stronger together. And so I think that's just so important. I love that. I think it's exciting that you learned that lesson. And I love it. You said I knew it, but now I'm putting it in action. Like, and it's it's a different feeling. Um, and so next year, like, we're going to be having a 45 minute block every morning, and everybody in my school will be involved in working with groups of kids, helping them with just different different areas. Some will be doing enhancement, some will be doing enrichment, some will be doing you know uh, intervention. It just depends. But it's going to be really exciting to see everybody come in, just get in there and help children and. I think everybody, that's why we're all here. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, I think one of the, the pieces that I've learned, you know, over the last year that I've been in this program is 
just the importance of that community. And, you know, a lot of my role has been the last three years has been district-based. So I haven't really ever been a part of a building community. Uh, and so it's been really nice, you know, this year or really this last few months doing this internship to get closer to one of our buildings and see how, you know, kind of see the culture and climate in the, in the one building that I'm spending more time in. Um, and it's really just kind of opened up those possibilities of, you know, this is really powerful. And again, I know community is essential. I speak on it all the time, but at the same time, feeling it and experiencing it, it takes it to a whole other level. Lindsay, what is the best advice you have for aspiring school leaders, people who want to take that step into a leadership role? What, what advice do you have for them? So I think the biggest advice, and this is really for anybody that's that's looking for for anything, you know, and I think, you know, for me, it came, it comes down to, again, without sounding cliche, know your why. And I, I say go deeper with your why, though. Do your, and it's funny because I just learned about it in class. It actually has like a name called the five whys. I'm like, oh, I always did that, but now I know it has a name. This is great. Um, but I think it's, so I, I do an activity that's an envisioning activity. So it's super simple, literally like close your eyes and envision, envision your future, envision where you want to be, what you want to be doing. And I always anchor it to your senses. So, you know, what is it that you want to be seeing? What do you want to be hearing? What do you want to be feeling? What do you want to be wearing? right? What do you want to be sharing out? What do you want to be speaking with the world? Because I think, especially when you think of something like leadership, it's so broad, right? There are so many opportunities for that. So, you know, when I, when I decided it was time to go back to school, it wasn't, you know, I want to be a leader. It was, so I mean, it was, but then I went deeper. Well, why? Because I want to have a bigger impact. Why? Because I want to keep expanding my connections and, and uh, my ability to connect with people. Why? Because I want to inspire all students that they have a voice. Why? Because I believe the students are the next generation of change. Like I kept going. I was like, it's time. And by the time I got there and I have that, I have that document. So on those days where I'm like, what am I doing? What, <laughs> what, why did I say yes to this? Oh my goodness. I go back to it. You know, it's my, it's my mission statement, if you will. It's my reminder of my purpose and impact. Why did I say yes to this? Because I said yes. You know, it's really easy when things are going tough to be like, I don't, I don't want this anymore. But I always go back to, but I said yes. Why did I say yes then? And, and I'm strong to get through this challenge now. But I think it comes down to really envisioning what it is without putting that label on it, right? Without saying it has to be this, kind of expand into what it looks like, feels like, sounds like. And then do that breakdown of why is it important to you? Because that's going to help you stay open to those possibilities of what that could look like. That's wonderful. And I, I won't lie to you there for a second. I thought I was talking to Dave Schmidow. Well, why? But why? Well, why? Because I mean, that's, but that's how Dave gets and what he gets his message across is he, he is the master of asking questions. And I love talking with Dave. And so Dave, you are an inspiration to so in case you're listening, but I, I love the fact, you know, like, and I'm sitting here listening to you talk and I'm going, gosh, why didn't I put that in the book? Because like I talk about finding your why and saying your why, but like, why didn't I dig it deeper? And it's amazing. Like, and I don't know about you because I, you've published a couple things now. Um, do you ever find like, as you're thinking about things and you're talking with other people, you're like, why didn't I add that? Like, oh my gosh, that was such a great talking point. Like, why didn't I add this to my book? And it's like, I'm always going back and like going, oh, what was I thinking? Why didn't I add this? Yes, all the time. It actually happens when I record podcasts too. I'll like stop recording and then I'm like, oh, I should have said this. <laughs> oh, good. So it's not just me. It's, that makes me feel better. Well, speaking of podcasts, 
you know, you are a fellow podcast host and you're also part of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Can you talk to the audience about your your podcast, your show, and like um, in case they want to get, get connected and listen more about your show? Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of what we're talking about here. So it's called it's called Define University Show, um, and really, I it started almost as a bet to myself. Um, so I didn't think I could do it. I again, I grew up quiet. I grew up not talking. I grew up being hidden. Uh, in one of my early episodes, I shared that in fifth grade, I had a support plan to talk in class. So often, you know, as a behavior specialist, I'm called in to help the kids or, you know, that are talking too much. I was the opposite. I never spoke um, and the teachers were really worried. And so, you know, I have always had this belief that I don't have, I don't have a voice worth sharing. And again, as I went through my journey, I was on other podcasts and I started speaking more and it felt comfortable. And it was almost that bet with myself of, can I really do it? And so uh, last year, January of last year, I started uh, and we're still going strong. We're at episode uh, 67 just came out. Um, and so each week um, it's either me sharing mindset, you know, tips or tricks or things for educators to reflect on um, in their practice. Um, again, to help you define who you are. And then every other week I have educators come on to help share their story and amplify their voice uh, with educators in the community. And, and to my listeners, I'm going to be very honest, like, you know, I've talked before about the different shows I listen to. This is a show I enjoy listening to. This is one that I make sure I catch every week. So um, I definitely recommend checking it out. And Lindsay, if people want to continue this conversation with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Absolutely. So I'm, I'm pretty active on all social media sites. Um, but again, my website has all that information, which is defineuniversity.com. Um, but you can, you know, feel free to DM me. I'm on probably on Instagram, most of all, which is um, at lindsay.titus828. But you can pretty easily search my names on social media platforms and find me there. Wonderful. And real quick, Lindsay, like we were just talking about stuff that you published. Can you kind of tell the listeners about that and how they can get a hold of some of the stuff that you've already put out there? Yeah, absolutely. So I have two journals out in the world, um, which came out earlier this year. Uh, so journaling was a big, a big shift for me. It was a big thing that changed my life because it helped get all the noise out of my head onto paper. And so I really wanted to create uh, a journal for, it, it's for anybody. I mean, it's, it's for educators because a lot of what I do is for educators, but anybody can, can relate, I think, to the, to the pieces. And so what each day has, there's a 30 day and a 90 day version. Every day has a daily dose of inspiration, uh, has a mirror moment, which is like an affirmation statement that you can say to declare how, how amazing you are. It has gratitude and celebration lists, and then it has an area to truly reflect on how things are going for that day. And so it's, it's a structured journal, so it's not open-ended, but hopefully, you know, my goal was that it helps educators, again, clear that noise in our minds and put it on paper so that you can feel lighter, right? And really just keep keep doing the amazing work that, that everybody is doing each and every day. So I highly recommend you check it out. Lindsay, thank you. This was a fantastic episode. I'm so happy to have you on the show and just getting to talk more to you. is just, it's been a true honor for me. Oh, thank you so much. I, I appreciate the time and, and the ability to to share what, what really lights me up every day. So I appreciate it so much. Well, thank you so much. And to those listeners, get out there keep finding your way, and just keep leading better. Have a wonderful day. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.